Hello and welcome back to BizPod. On today's episode, we're going to be answering some of your questions and making sure we didn't miss out on anything. Enjoy! It is great to be back with episode 5 of the BizPod podcast. How are you, Louise? I am very good, thank you. Um, today we, we have quite a, a kind of change of pace. We're doing something a little bit new, a little bit different. Mentally, everything's a little bit new at the moment. <laughs> yes, we're going to be talking about questions and answering some of the really exciting questions that we've had from the Ravens. <laughs> It's um we're we're living up our true 2013 YouTube realness with a, a good old classic Q&A um mm. hearing what uh yeah just kind of getting some thoughts and opinions and it'll be nice we we can jump between topics we don't have to uh talk about the definitions and uh, types of businesses for 40 minutes that was yeah. a, a very tough podcast <laughs> no disgusting big boy talk only weird questions no but we've had some really exciting ones that. It's the kind of stuff I wouldn't have thought to ask, so that's why it's wonderful to have these questions. Um, a good friend of ours just was like, what's the different types of business? And it was like, that's such a good question. We already did an episode on it. That uh, was episode ep- three. Episode three, was it? Oh, I'm trying to put <laughs> my head. I'm like, that was Wasn't one, it? That was one, that was two. Oh, I can't, I can't. My, my memory's uh, not good on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> one was the intro, two was something three was business four was communication five is q a oh i think you're we're all one back and then we had motivation there at the end so we were yeah introduction business types uh communication motivation maybe communication more uh, and business types might be the other way anyway this um, is episode five so none of that matters yes i I was right that it was introduction, something, which you really picked out as communication, <laughs> business types, motivation. Fantastic. So if any of those sound interested, you can go back and check out our back catalogue. It's um I think I think they're sounding quite good uh, all around. Mm. But um anyway, shall we jump in with our first question? Yeah. The first question is how did you meet? And Ooh. um we were trying to think about this the other day because I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, we we met in uni and there's maybe, what would you say, uh, you know, maybe a six months of us coexisting, possibly like, I think maybe catching trains together, but not too sure because we were both uh, outer yeah. city or outer uni boys. Uh, yeah, but- well, I was on a different course when we started. And so mm. it wasn't even like we were sharing classes, but you actually got to know our flatmate Becca first and more. So technically, Becca one-ups me. You, you've known Becca longer. Yeah, just just by here, you know, it was the happenstances of it, sitting in the right seat in video production and getting put into a group. Um, mm. But yeah, so there was that slight period where possibly might have known of each other and uh may have chatted but i think that the first point where we really got to know each other was on uh a set of a little wee film uh we we're doing for first year uh media production uh where you were very gracious to help us out with some acting thankfully oh my god do you remember when i acted though um yeah you know it was um 
the the balloons uh or because birthday <laughs> it was your third member of the group who was also doing some acting so it was like a clearly we just need one more person and i was like yeah of course i'll do it um and yeah nobody had hoovered behind that sofa and it was really manky to be like crawling on the floor and then popping out i distinctly remember that yeah i remember it was the third person in the movie's flat and it was just like Oh dear! Why, why, why would you open this up for filming? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, then after that, that group split ways, and we did the entirety of the the film degrees. But yeah, so that was the uh, you know first kind of introductory. And that you know we were there. Was there a group chat back then for just train boys? I, I'm trying to remember. There I think was there an were... initial train boys group chat. Um. Because most of them like walked together or had the same stop. <clears throat> when as I came from a different stop than everyone else, um, mm, and you so. were then also usually on the train first, so it was that kind of thing of oh, who's on the train? Yeah, um, whatever. Which... But like that dissolved pretty quickly. Yeah, it was uh, only really that that second connection that you we we could meet up and coordinate like coordinate things, but. Uh, regardless of that it was um you know i think the the main point we actually properly got talking was well what would, would this have been um third year um we had a, a lighting yeah. class which was a uh, the origin story of the whole NACA media story well it was it was at the end of second year when i was going to do officer stuff and then getting to know emily a bit more um, and then because I was knowing Emily a bit more, I was getting to know you because you guys were all hanging out you know, and getting to know um, others within that group. And then, yeah, there was this one really bad lighting class. Oh, sorry, my wrist. This one really bad lighting class where too many of us were shoved into this tiny, weirdly ventilated... It's a studio, like lighting studio. Um, yeah. And I think everyone was leaving and we were just like, we can do better than this. <laughs> yeah, I remember like it, the the class was just kind of falling apart. It wasn't uh it was a guest lecturer who doesn't really do this sort of thing. Uh and you know, I mm. think he's very talented in his field and I've had a wee chat with him independently, but just in the lecturing context. Uh it was just not going according to plan. Um whether that was half the equipment just not working or half uh, his not experienced lecturing but yeah everybody was just starting to like be a dire just be like uh we need to like this is you know near the end of our degree it's not going to get much better than this <laughs> yeah uh, how did we get um you know a job and then people were like just like getting a little bit down and i was like oh well actually i've done stuff oh you've done stuff what if we both did stuff yeah was there a question I think I remember the guy was like, because I, I offered to be one of the models, of course, naturally, being mm -hmm. the beautiful, you know, being that I am. Um, but it's more, I'm just happy to sit there with a camera pointed at my face. And I think he asked, what do you want to do? And I think I maybe, sorry, <clears throat> I think I maybe said it. And then afterwards, you were like, oh, did you say you wanted to do this? Did you want to start a production company? That's how you sound. Yeah, you know, it's, um, you know, we're going to make the electronic video formats uh, for the Instagrams. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I remember it's such a weird thing to remember, but I remember we were doing a lighting class 
you volunteered and were the only person that was willing to volunteer and go up and you were yeah. wearing like a black felt jacket. <laughs> that's right that's right i was wearing velvet uh no because because uh, uh, you know it looks great um and and yeah because of the way that velvet works is it it fucking absorbed all of the light and it was it was ridiculous it was pointless and i remember i offered i was like i can take this off and he's like no nah, it's fine yeah um you know i think for yeah and <laughs> it's um it was yeah it, i won't lie there was a very much despair or just complete lack of uh, or a kind of a unknown and interaction i think at that time i was really just getting my foot in the, the market with doing freelance stuff and uh you know things were getting a little bit to the point where because uh, I had a, a period of just saying yes to every single job that came across the, yeah. the table where I was hitting that point where it was like oh I can't just keep saying yes to everything like there's only so much I can do uh, you were doing stuff as well and I think I helped out for you were doing a film for a charity am I correct and we kind collaborated on that and that kind helped us see how we work yeah because we hadn't fully worked together um but also, I remember there was a couple things that you had gone to meet the person at whatever, you know, you'd agreed to do the filming and meet the person and then it fell through, but you were already in town and it was that kind of, you know, you're doing this really good work and it's not being valued um, and I just wasn't getting enough work to do. Mm. And, and um, yeah. Yeah, just, you know, came together, done a, a bunch of good stuff and I, I think... Yeah, between that class and I think there was a point where we, what what would you say? Um, yeah, th- like we did some, like we met up once or twice in the same. We kind of just chatted work and business and kind of what we had done, what we wanted to do. And yeah, just things, oh, thankfully lined up. Yeah, I think that's uh, enough about us. Uh, we have a full podcast chatting about our origin story on episode one. Uh <laughs> But uh, our our second question is, uh, how do you become a soul trader, Louise? <laughs> yeah, so that was something that I think because we've been through the more government HMRC process that somebody was like, hey, how'd you do it? Um, and I explained it to the best of my ability when chatting with them, but I thought I would just mention it here again that um, you go to the .gov website. This is for the UK. You go to the .gov website and... Um, it's literally just a process of registering yourself. Um, you fill in your relevant detail, national insurance number, things like that, so they can tax you properly at the end of the year. Um, and it's actually super easy to set yourself up as a sole trader. Um, so if you, even if you're thinking about just doing a little bit of work, really important to register yourself first um, because you can always then later remove yourself as a sole trader. You know, it's it's something easy enough to do Um so really important just to get that done at the start before you start doing too much work and then you have to retroactively become a sole trader. Yeah, and it's, um as you say, super easy to do. And I think even if it's a, a little side um, operation, like it doesn't need to be your full time, you could literally just be selling, let's say, some like homemade jewellery and then selling it at a, a market or something like every fortnight or weekend. Uh, just having a, an official way to kind of keep that uh, all above grounds. And it's, to be honest, not too much paperwork. You have that initial bit and then you have your kind of 
uh, kind of annual self-assessment. So it's not too bad in that regard. And yeah, just uh, best not get caught out of that stuff. So super easy. And um, yeah, it's almost foolproof. Mm, mm. Um, and I guess because it's a it's a well trodden path, um, there's some great help online as well. Indeed. Shuffling on, um, our our next question is is why start a podcast? And I guess by uh, virtue of that, why did we start BizPod? I would presume. Hmm. Um, um, I mean, uh, I, I think I think you should take this one because you are the podcast boy. Oh no. But um, yeah, it's I guess it is kind of unusual for a company of like ours to be kind of doing this uh, original cell content and all that sort of stuff. But um, I think in terms of a a company doing uh, or kind of in terms of you know anyone doing a podcast, the the main function would be to uh, either do it because you enjoy it, and I think we we both enjoy chatting and just conversing and <laughs> yeah, all that absolutely. jazz. Um, you know, we, we there are some conversations we were having before where it's like, eh, we could just record this and chuck that out, I think. Um, not to say we're insightful, but that we, we bounce back and forth, I think, reasonably well. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, it's all about having some form of function, you know, that can be subtle as you think you've just got a really funny group of people and you want to chat about movies and you you think you you understand these movies well or you can have some funny entertaining commentary or if you're let's say really kind of informed on a particular topic to be able to inform and give that information or if you have access to interesting people and just being able to give that across um that that is just generally the best purpose of podcasting overall it's um as for why you would maybe want to do in a business context it's um you know, it's it's hard to say, but I, I wouldn't put your like all your eggs in one basket. But you know, if you're you're passionate and happy to share and have these thoughts and these conversations, um, you know, it doesn't hurt to try. It can, you know, literally be like a, an hour out of your week, and if you're having fun in the process, that's uh, the main thing, Louise. Yeah, I mean, so many people can be good at all different kinds of stuff, um, and it might even just be that you know you're particularly good at. Or, or you're learning violin, you know, and you're particularly good at certain little trills or something like that, and you just want to kind of talk through it. Um, you know, it's great for music. You can give auditory examples, or if you're doing film, you can put little clips in. Um, you know, very creative stuff is, of course, what we would focus on. But but anything, you know, you you made a cabinet, you made a spice rack, um, to think of the Simpsons episode. Um, you know, you're really good at handiwork. Maybe there's some tips you want to pass on and share. Or maybe you really love reading, you know, free stories online and, and you want to sort of put that somewhere and, and explore something more. You know, there's loads of stuff that you can talk about. Um, or cover or do with with your friends with your family you know you could watch films with your mum and it's it's mum pod um you know yeah. and that's maybe <laughs> what you're good at yeah you know and I think at the end of the day it's not to be scared by the fact that you might not be an expert in any particular field I think we're a good example of that um at the I think at the end of the day your perspective and where you come from as uh, individual hosts uh, plays a lot more into that for instance uh, like recently I've been 
uh, like the the idea that you know truck and podcasts exist. You know, it's not that the the hosts are particularly uh, like super experts on trucking and are talking about trucks twenty four seven. It's more so the fact that you know they come from a position of being a trucker. Their audience are either truckers themselves, and they relate to the conversations that are being had. And um, I think that can be applied to many circumstances where as long as you know there are people that agree and can come from the same uh, influence or ideas that you come from that the conversations that you have instantly have a, a degree of uh, gravitas or interest interest to them yeah whether you're a truck or just a trucker you or can listen pod. to truck pod <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be our, our next secret podcast <laughs> truck pod you know, this pod was only the beginning, the podverse. <laughs> we'll have our Avengers crossover at the end of the year with just two of us. It'll yep. be fantastic. Uh, Truck Louise versus uh, Business Louise. Who would win in a fight? Oh my god, Truck Louise every time. They've got a slightly tanned arm from hanging it out the window. No, it's no, a, it's a truck. <laughs> oh, you're like, uh, you know, transformer. a transformer. Yeah. Oh god. Uh, anyway, that's a we're going downhill there. Um, I guess we can shuffle on to our our, our next big boy question: equipment. Yeah. What equipment do we use, uh, and all that jazz, which uh, we we use a lot f- across the entire process. Uh, mm-hmm. It adds up quite quickly. I was chatting with somebody in the kind of, of the audio industry, and they were chatting about gear, and it was just like, oh my god, I no wonder nobody can do it all it's so much stuff you need regardless just the creative industry so much gear Mm. but you know you know best the names of of what's the the mics that we use and what's the mixer Uh, that we use and yeah so uh starting with the 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 podcast as that is um what um you know following on from the the last question we are for recording the podcast, we use a bunch of uh, Rode pod mics, which Rode are traditionally more of a video-focused company. So it's, uh, they have done a, a degree of building up our tr- trust, but they have a, a swivel-style arm, which is very popular for podcasting because you can adjust them very quickly and easily. Um, and, you know, some of the most famous mics, like the, the Shure SM7B, which famously recorded Thriller and such, use similar kind of mountain hammer hardware, built-in pop filters, all that jazz. Uh, we're recording it into some Focusrite Scarlet's 2i2s, which is a great XLR mic, which uh, has really done as well, hasn't it? Mm. Especially if we're in the same location. Um, we can we can both plug in with our mics um, and then don't have to have, I mean, two separate mixers, two separate whatevers, and we can do it really, really well. Yeah, you know, for the, the regular kind of day-to-day running of the podcast, we'll, we record separately and then... Uh, the, the fantastic editing of Louise will stitch them together into a single channel. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> and um, mm. yeah, outside of that, final things for podcasting. Uh, I, I personally use an ARM, the Rode PSA1, and you use the, uh, kind of a boom mic, which is just the Rode uh, DSA1, um, which yeah. all just fairly solid, robust. Um, I think for audio stuff, uh, being video boys, we, we, it's just not worth taking a risk, just go for the the nice trusted stuff and, i mean uh, and that's it's something that can make your um podcast and or 
whatever you're recording really stand out is very clear audio quality um and that was something that we both strongly believed in and so yeah really wanted to do that properly for not not just you know this podcast and not just us talking to each other but if we need to record any voiceovers or add in any sounds that we've got to record ourselves we wanted to have something that could really capture good quality sound yeah yeah you know uh uh, it's one thing I, I love about audio, especially coming from cameras, which are just constantly moving at such a rate where it's just, it stings sometimes making a purchase knowing it'll be out of date. Is with audio, mics just hold up incredibly well. Like the the industry golden boy, like everybody's favorite mic is, you know, I think came out in 1970. So wow. it's like if you bought one in 1970, you still have the best mic in 2020, which is just such a, an incredible value. And, you know, the standards of XLR and all that jazz hasn't changed, um, you know, for decades and decades and decades. So you're you're all good in that side. Um, but shuffling over to audio, we we both have different cameras and different camera families, which I think once the, the company <laughs> grows a little, we'll probably consolidate that. Sorry, um, you said shuffling over to audio. Yeah, shuffling over oh, to, to filming. <laughs> video, my apologies. Um, but yeah, we'll probably consolidate that as time goes on. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I am a, using a Panasonic's Lumix GH5S, uh, mainly for its kind of outstanding video performance. Um, it's kind of got a, a 10 megapixel sensor, so it's not the greatest for photos, but can do up to 6K video recording, which is kind of incredible but uh on your side you're using the sony a7 free correct yeah mark three um because uh, i'm a bit more of a of the photographer out of the two of us um only by a little bit and so i really wanted a camera that could do really decent filming um full 4k full frame sensor um just you know you want those like crisp lovely um quality and then also it's just really good with light it's so incredible with light um after the terrible yeah. <laughs> canons i've used not that canon's bad but none of them can quite deal with light the same way that this this one does yeah it's um the the, the mirrorless uh cameras of today just uh you know the gh5s and the e7s is just the low light performance is just incredible these days and you've you've recently grabbed yourself a nice new lens which is quite fun <laughs> yeah and um yeah over on uh the kind of general video style i, I find that uh, we, we rotate between uh free lens is, is the most which would be a sigma 16 millimeter f1.4 a 25 millimeter f1.7 and a 50 millimeter f1.8 which on micro four farts is very cinematic and uh yeah it, yeah just editing in final cut pro most of the time uh, and sometimes adobe premiere affinity yeah. photo for photo and graphic design work and I think that's enough of just spewing random numbers, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but I guess it's it's nothing is necessarily too super high tier. Um, we have definitely invested, but it's that kind of each area feels very achievable. Um, and and yeah, you know, th there is a jump in quality that you get when you invest in proper equipment. Yeah, I I think um for for where we are at the moment and coming from. My, my own personal background, 
I quite like a, a kind of quick, like a lightish running gun setup. Um, you know, just being able to do stuff very quickly and kinetically and creatively is uh, what I think's best than having a, you know, a car-sized camera. Hmm. We were looking at um, box cameras the other day, and yeah. I just love that you. You know, they make the actual box and cube smaller and smaller and smaller so that you can just keep adding more bits to the outside of it. It's quite funny. The, the joys, you know, who would have thought the, the cube is the perfect camera? <laughs> <laughs> um, but oh, we've God. got another question here, um, which is, how did you know that you were good potential partners? Ooh, um. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you take this one since I, I've just blathered yeah, away about cameras. Yeah, let me compliment you for a while. Um, I think firstly because you approached me, so that was already like, a, oh, okay, so he's invested enough. Um, and then finding out that you'd already done a bunch of work by yourself, so it was like, okay, he is, he's dedicated and good at what he does. Um, and I think we instantly got on well. Um, you know, you're hard to get to not get on with if that makes sense i know you get on well with a lot of people um, i don't know <laughs> I, I like the compliment but i don't know <laughs> um you're incredibly easy to get on with because you're a good listener and you'll often let the other person talk for a while so i was like okay you know he's got some decent human human communication skills um and then yeah you're just really brilliant at work so it's like right we're going to be mostly doing the work you know i think at the start i was like i might not get to know him fully as a friend but like I think we'll be good sort of as working together and so then the fact that we've then also become friends is like a nice plus rather than rather than like the intended plan all along yeah it's quite funny where much there's some days like weeks where we're like work the entire week and then we had like switch into like friend mode and then hang out like the the up some of the other time it's like oh dear how are you not sick of me but um yeah i i, I completely replicate the other kind of compliments uh you know kind of getting to know you originally it was uh great to kind of see you you had some kind of good entrepreneurial spirit you wanted to do more great stuff um kind of having seen you worked on uh, one film before which was very humanistic and people centric it was just great to kind of see um kind of that kind of communication and stuff like that kind of performed during a film process because I, I won't lie there has been some people you see filming and they're just they're just robots mm. they're like I am in filming modes and they just like they just stick out like a sore thumb but you know made all of your your interviewees so kind of comfortable and happy and then turned out a fantastic film which um obviously many people can make a film but um I think that just adds to the the whole process and I think you've done really fantastic there Mm, that's so sweet oh my god oh. um and uh it's yeah. all worked out we had some early jobs where we kind of tested the water i think and kind of s those just went fantastic like the the cold job's always the one that goes back and i was like you know it just Man, it was so good and it um so good it's quite funny where it was like our first job in like some of the people uh, especially some of the the interviewees were like thought we'd been working together for a good decent amount of time which was kind of complimentary yeah um it was definitely one where it was kind of like oh yeah this works um and you've definitely got to have those moments of oh yeah this works um because that sort of completely balls over the oh i'm not too sure you know little feelings 
Um, we've got a question here about your online presence. Um, with having social media accounts for a long time, how do you, you know, start up and, and have professional accounts once you're using accounts that have been made for a while? Which is, I think, a really interesting question. Um, because at least for the business that was starting afresh, but in terms of like Twitter and stuff, um, we've been, we, you know, we complement it with our, our own actual accounts. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a real weird one where, it's even when you've got like a business or kind of a online presence it's how to you know have a, a professional personal and, and hit that balance which could be a, a real tough one and it's interesting you you see some people need you know some people they just completely uh, banish their personal stuff to the the realm of a uh, pure just it doesn't exist mode it's private and they've deleted everything or they have some people where they're like yeah this is my professional presence now it's all me and um i think we've kind of landed both in the middle a little wouldn't you say well i guess i've since at least the start of getting facebook and instagram have always used them as a um, online open platform knowing that you know anyone can grab these pictures and anyone will quote what I'm saying um, and so I have always been careful and used it as a professional space which is of course not the answer anyone's looking for is like well I did it from the start um, but then as I got my own private Instagram later that was then still like a, okay anyone still can find this and use this but I can make it a bit more personal and so that's been kind of really joyful is to share little personal moments that I really didn't do for a long time. Yeah, it's, um, we're, we're, we're possibly not the, the greatest on uh, helping in here where I think it's just, you know, as quickly, if you haven't done it already, but just kind of looking through uh, your social medias that are public uh, through uh, kind of just the lens of anybody who could be looking at it, it's just important. Um, you know, I think you've been uh, clever and having looked at it professionally early on. Uh, in my regard, it was coming from YouTube and just being like, yeah, there'll be just randos on here judging and making their own opinions. And yeah. um, people can be cruel. People can be, uh, they can jump to conclusions very quickly. So making things uh, non-ambiguous and or just correct, as correct as they can be uh, is ideal. And, you know, I think it's it's it is completely fair and i think everybody should have the the right to kind of have a kind of put like a, a public but personal presence I, I know some people they're just like yep i'm getting rid of that this is the business account which mm. um i think can take some of the the fun or not fun but character out of some social media stuff so i think as long as it's you know you know if you're able to shuffle it into let's say your uh uh, if your your name's Rachel, changing it from Rachel the you know uh, normal person to Rachel, you know self starting entrepreneur, uh, and kind of just changing your image in that way might be a route to go down. I mean, even yeah, just things like old emails and and um, ads can be can be those difficult ones if it is something like Rachel the Destroyer, or you know. Rachel the puppy killer um, then in those kind of cases you've got to be very careful because that then suddenly becomes your brand 
um, in the same way that especially if you've, you know, if you've got photos of you from when you were young doing dumb things, you know, maybe those are really funny to keep up, but also maybe you don't need all of them, you know, or you wrote that post that one time and it's a bit misspelled and whatever, maybe take it down, um, you know, or explain yourself afterwards. I think a lot of us have had social media accounts for a long time. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that everything on there is bad, but I think any person will change over the course of sort of five or seven so years. Um, yeah. And and yeah, that's just really important to be aware of, that you might not be the same person that you were when you started the social media account. Yeah, and I, I think if you're particularly um, anxious about this sort of stuff, there are plugins out there for Twitters and stuff like that where you can just nook everything past a certain date um which mm. might be a safe bet if you're particularly anxious or went through a significant character change uh over your kind of formative years but um was, yeah kind of sh i guess shuffling on it slightly from there yeah. uh, what's the uh, the worst thing that's happened on set and how did you recover oh my god, recover, oh my god. Recover, so recover. many so many things have happened on every everything we've done i don't think we've had one production or shoot that went perfectly smoothly um i'm not too sure i don't think we've had anything too catastrophic um, no but like it was even just the point that i was remembering for the dissertation filming i was like yeah actually that shoot went really well and then you were like no but do you remember that three actors bailed on us on the night yeah, and i was that... like oh yeah that's right um, we... <laughs> you know, me and me and Anton, uh, we're improvisers. Um, you know, we adapt, overcome, and and survive, um, true Bear Grylls style. And I mean, yeah, we've had. Oh, it was one in first year that we had friends who lent them lent us their camera, and it was all in the wrong settings. But because they'd lent it to us, I thought, you know, I didn't check. I thought they would have checked whatever they thought I would have checked. And it's just like, yeah, all of the footage was unusable. <laughs> mm. And and it's that kind of stuff that you do that once and then you check your camera settings every time. Yeah, it's um yeah, that the the short film one, I think that's I think that's the worst one hit we did because that was months and months of planning. And then it was literally we were recording on the Monday and we were mm. Uh, on the Saturday, I think we're getting final, final bits and pieces of props and such like that. And we went into a, a cafe Nero to just grab a seat because we had a bunch of messages coming in about the filming. And we're like, oh, this person can't do it. Oh, okay, this person can't do it. Okay, we can maybe reshuffle in that person. And then we got on set and then somebody just didn't turn up. It was like, oh, yeah no. somebody didn't turn up and didn't say anything and that was really yeah. bullshit because as well we'd, we'd got costume to fit them yeah and uh we still haven't heard from that person to this very day yeah. um mu much disown uh, but regardless um we really rolled with the punches there and i i i think we you know it was a tough situation but we made uh lemonade out of them you know the the lemons that we had been given on that day. Yeah. Um, well, I'm thinking of another one as well. When um, we were doing Cole uh, interviews with Cole, Cares of East Lothian, um, 
and and on one of the during one of the interviews and I don't know why you didn't say anything you let me finish the interview and then you told me there was a problem which was something like the mic ran out of battery and then the next one was like the camera's running out of battery and it was like two different interviews got got cut up because of just like you know stuff we hadn't planned because we didn't realize how many people we would be interviewing for that day and because it was kind of a turn up and see who wants to talk to you and then everyone wanted to talk to us and it was just like oh gosh you know, now we bring extra batteries to everything. Now we double check with actors. Now we, you know, check all the settings. It sort of teaches you to just be over vigilant. Yeah, which I, I think is the yeah captures the the more of the the story is you know, uh, plan for every single uh, outcome that could ever happen. Mm. Like uh, I know with the the short film, like with it being having so much weight on it, that was like. I, I literally had like laptops and hard drives ready in case like we filled up a card we could just yeah. transfer over and um you know have cell tape and zip ties and the whole shebang was all ready to go so um you know it's just a uh, thinking for everything and um you know worst case scenario is you, if you thought of everything the the likelihood of errors occurring will hopefully be slightly lower. Um, and it's also, in most cases, you can afford them because you've been so safe the other times. Yeah, it's also, it'll be the thing that you didn't think could go wrong will go wrong. You know, and the one thing you didn't plan a backup for is what the issue comes. Um, but also, just a main staple is SD cards just get cursed sometimes. Um I have had so yeah. many SD cards get cursed on me over the years because we're switching them in and out of different cameras, using them for a prolonged period of times. You know, Canons typically get really hot. That can also affect your SD cards. Um, and it was, we were doing some shooting the other day. I mean, you know, we were luckily working fast and ended up fixing it in the end, but it was like, yep, yeah, just suddenly SD cards weren't working. Put it in a different slot, suddenly it wasn't working. The other one's not working. Oh God, put them back in. Oh, now they're fine. And that stuff will just happen. And you it's about, you know, staying calm and working through it. And if you have to do it again, do it even better. Yeah, it's um it's funny with S D cards. I, I I remember like my go to S D card for years was the, the the actual hard plastic was falling off of it and oh it worked God. like a champ. And then you can get a brand new SD card out of the box and it can just be a lemon sometimes. <laughs> it can just not be working. It was, uh, yeah, it was an SD card I had that had cracked open, you know, the like little plastic. And it just had a micro SD card in it. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> that? Uh, what? <laughs> I, was so, I was so pissed. Yeah, it, was, um, it was so dumb. God, I, I saw a YouTuber recently and um, they're building... They, their whole premise is they hack iPods, they put micro SD cards mm. in them and stuff like that. So they were taking out the hard drive and putting in uh, four micro SD cards on a little daughter board, and they had bought four four uh, one terabyte SD card micro SD cards, like two hundred four hundred pounds a card, and they had two broken out of the four they bought. And I was like, my god, just lemons out of the factory, the worst. Uh, I don't know why SD cards are so temperamental, but they can be. So, uh, mm. uh, so never be trust warned. them. Yeah, it's uh, not great. Uh, mm. Mm. And then the last question that we've got on this list for today um, is what are some of the red flags that you look for in clients? Yeah, um, it's... Um, 
uh, this is always an awkward one because quite often it comes down to money sadly um because i find like one of the warning signs can be as if they're they like throughout the process if they're haggling price wise yeah because uh, obviously ideal if you've agreed on something early you know if you've agreed on a price you go out to the job and then you come back but if during the process they're like actually can you know you know this xyz or stuff like that it's like oh dear you're gonna you're not gonna be paying us on time or something like that yeah i think as well if if you're having to feed back to a large group of people that can also be really difficult because then everyone's got opinions and then especially gathering your feedback is somebody can say one thing, somebody can say something totally different and then the third person says something which contradicts both of it, both of them. Um, and that, that can just be, you know, really difficult to work with. So, so you know, slightly a red flag if they're like, oh yeah, well, it's only like going to be two of us at the meeting and then there's like five of them. And then the next time there's seven of them, you know, and then you're like, oh my God, okay, you know, these people don't understand what I'm needing from them, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think if possible in a situation where you end up and you just have a meeting full of eight people giving your thoughts, if you can try and have somebody within of the circle who's your main point of contact and yeah. have them consolidate the thoughts and opinions, that can be ideal because, um, yeah, we've had a couple where it's like we go to, to show off the draft and it's just like... Um, like an entire kitchen worth of people just giving contradictory mm. stuff and you're just like oh no nobody's going to be happy now you know and you don't maybe necessarily know who the big cheese is and of course at the end of the day you've got to you've got to go with what they want um i think similarly if they the client just really isn't communicating with you so sort of the vice the vice versa opposite end where um they really don't respond to emails, you know, everything is late, um, they haven't got back to you, the likelihood that they're going to follow through is quite low um, in terms of maybe actually commissioning you or actually paying you. Because um, if they're not invested in getting this thing, why would they then be paying you or why would they then value your work? Yeah, you know, at, at the end of the, the day, you're getting paid for the, the service or... Uh, products you're making you're you're not getting paid up to to chase up just um you know, middle tier business and uh, management so you know you you don't want to be chasing up trees that might not lead to anywhere and um, you mm. want to be putting that that time to much better use and uh, it can be it can be tough because you can get some good opportunities and you're just like oh that just get back to me but it's quite often it's probably you know if they're they're not responding as you say louise uh, it's possible the likelihood of them following through in other parts of the the project are uh, unlikely sadly yeah i think as well if they've got very high expectations um no matter what level that they're at if what they're wanting just sounds really insane and over the top and you're like well we could maybe do this and that and they're like no 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 i want this um then you've just got to be up front and like you're you know either you're never going to get that or you're never going to get that from me because then at the end you know it will never be what they want and then they'll never be happy and they ask for revisions or they'll dock your pay or whatever um and that's just unacceptable to be honest with you um i think being realistic with the client at the start is really important and if they don't take that on board that's absolutely a red flag 
Yeah, so I I, I hope hopefully that that is of use to you. It's um it can be be a bit of a tough world out there, you see. Uh so <laughs> Yeah, uh, see. You know, oh god, it's um yeah, it's it's funny, still looking for obviously looking for new jobs and stuff on uh consistently. You just get some businesses and you're just like yeah, uh, I'm good. <laughs> you just yeah. you just see their their website and what they yeah. stand for, and you're just like, you sure about that? <laughs> um, yeah. But nonetheless, it, it's been another fun episode of the BizPod this week, and um, yeah, I hope everyone's enjoyed it. Uh, where where are some of the, the lovely ways people can uh, find us, Louise? Well, they can send us an email. Um, and this is this is your favourite part. So, uh, what what's the email, Anton? Contact at napamedia.co.uk. Oh my God, you got it um, right first time. I'm so impressed. Yeah, um, it's it's auto fire because I, I do the an email on another podcast, so that one always comes in, and then like I have to like switch email midway through my brain, so it usually always falls out. But this one, I was like, nope, we're doing BizPod, doing this right. It's the business that my life depends on. Let's Amazing. Do it properly. <laughs> Amazing. Um, you can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn as Naka Media LLP. Um, on all of those platforms, we'd love we'd love uh, to hear what you think. We'd love a share. We'd love a like. And yeah, finally, if you go to your your nearest lamp pole, there may at the top of it stands a raven. Mm. Uh, if you hand them ah. a, a little wee note. Uh, who knows that little wee note might find us on uh, another five episodes time when we're you've, you've got to give them a more. you've got to give them a sugar lump as well and say that they're a very good boy and yeah, then that's how they you will get find first us class. yeah sugar <laughs> increases uh, their rate of travel uh, yep. exponentially <laughs> it's proven it is known you know uh, by true science but uh yeah, it has been fantastic. If you want to learn more about us, uh, you can get all that information on our website at nakamedia.co.uk. Uh, and you can see some of our previous portfolio, some of the services we offer, offer and generally, um, you can get links to all of our little wee contact information. And I believe you can even visit our, our own personal Instagram and Twitters on there, which is quite fun. Yeah, but it's, nevertheless, all, it's all linked together. Indeed. So, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, and we hopefully we'll see you on the next episode of the Bits Pod. Goodbye. Bye for now. <laughs>